Hi everyone, just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast. So if you want to break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. A huge thank you to Neon, our favourite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora everyone and welcome to a, another wonderful episode. I always say like wonderful before we've recorded the episode. I know, it's very optimistic, very confident, but yeah. I think that's a good way to but start. I think there might be two words to describe us. Yeah, hey. Confident on a good day and optimistic on a good day. Look, we're feeling ourselves today and I think that's alright. Yeah, I think that's fine. So another wonderful episode of Culture Vulture, as always. I'm joined by Liv. Liv, how the hell are you? Oh, kia ora everyone. I am feeling good. Yeah. Yep. Feeling good, um, ready to lay into some Britney oh, Spears, Jamie Spears. Deep in the Britney Spears, Jamie Spears. Spears. Well, you've been yeah. in the Britney and Jamie Spears. I am in that sphere. Great. And um, yeah, no, it's been an interesting ride. Whole lot of drama. Oh, we've got a huge episode in store for you all today. We're going to be obviously starting off with Naughty or Nice. There's a little bit of Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. There's a little bit of. Very fresh Taylor Swift drama that has, like, just crossed the radar. Honestly, this morning we were sat there in our lounge, you know, type, type, typing away for this app, and Lucy just goes, oh my god, I've got a new story for Naughty or Nice, you will not believe it, so I'm very excited to hear it's, it's all about that. It's going to be good. And then, you know, a few other little Naughty or Nices, whatever, but the main event, the second half of this episode is going to be all about... Jamie Lynn, who has, or Jamie Lynn Spears, should I say, mm. who has entered the chat. Now, we all know about Britney Spears' conservatorship that she was released from, um, was that the end of last year? Yeah. Released from the end of last year. We actually have an episode in our Culture Vulture feed called WTF is Free Britney or the Free Britney Movement. So I would really recommend going and listening to that after this episode or halfway through or whenever you feel like you want a bit more context. We're all about context here, but we're going to really dive into what Jamie Spears has added to the story and just the whole fucked up family and the fucked up people surrounding them and how, like, none of this is really any of their faults, right? Yeah, I mean, it is super fucked up. Um, we will get into the detail when we talk about it. But, yeah, I definitely recommend listening to at least something about the Britney conservatorship. There's because we're so not much gonna go So, you know, we're not going to go totally into that yeah. aspect of it. But, yes. Yeah, but before we get into the weeds... Olivia, what describes your week? I was saying to Lucy before, this is stupid. I mean, it's always stupid. It's always stupid. It's always pheromones. Yeah, well, because honestly, we were like, when we first started this segment, we were like, we'll take a piece of pop culture and we'll talk about how it describes our week. That's really difficult. And it's actually not happened. No, it's We've not. We've not happened. used that oh. once. Maybe like some songs, maybe Red Taylor's version. Yeah. That's still describing my life. I, literally, I think I did Fever once and I was yeah. so proud of myself oh. for that. I thought it was like, <laughs> go off. Genius. We thought we were way more creative than we are. Oh, honestly. So this is shit. But anyway, so instead of eat, pray, love, yeah, my week was eat, drive, crash. Oh, that's not stupid. That's magical. <laughs> eat, drive, you. crash. That kind of describes both of our lives, yeah. not just your week. <laughs> Me know. and Liv are notorious, like, minor crashes. Minor crashes. Just a little dink here or there. But um, Please tell the story. It was actually not my fault, for the record, for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've so, actually once backed into Liv. Like we've we've caused so many crashes oh. just when there's only the two of us. Anyway, we live in like a town, but we grew up in a town with no traffic whatsoever. Like it was not warranted. Go <laughs> on. Anyway, okay. So Eat Drive Crash based on Eat Pray Love in the sense of you know we've kind of got this newfound freedom. Yeah. I drove down to from. Auckland to Wellington by myself. I was feeling really good about it, you know, sort of on my road trip. So sort of I did a lot of driving in the last few days, a lot of eating. And then on my way back up, um, some guy in a huge truck, like just I was in this car park and I was sitting idle waiting for someone else to pull out in front of me before like I went off. Yeah. And he just kept backing, back, back, backing. I'm like beeping. I'm like, stop, you're about to hit my car, no. this huge truck. And then he just like fully goes into the driver's um the driver's seat door. Makes a huge dent. Yeah, there's a bit of a dent, eh? Yeah, I was so off it. I'd just been driving by myself for hours on end, ring my dad. Yeah, that's, like, that's always dad, the first place to go. Like, yeah. Dad, I know I'm 24, but, like, what do I do, even though I've done this seven times? <laughs> I have so many claims. It's no, I know. That, no, no claims bonus in sight. No. We are not getting bonuses. Not at all. But this poor guy was like 17 oh, years old, him. gets out of his, well, I'm assuming, gets out of his truck and he looks like he's about to sort of burst into tears. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I'm too nice as well. I'm like, yeah. look, these things happen. It's absolutely this fine. This could have like, been your chance be... to be petty girl summer. Oh, but instead, there's just no way you can do that. No. We know what it's like to be on the I other know side. what it's like all too well. Anyway, so that was my week. Oh, what well, about you? Kind of on a similar vein to yours, my thing that describes my week was full tummy because I feel like I've been so yours is eat drive crash and mine is just is full, full tummy. tummy so sort of in the same vein eat. Yeah. yeah like I have just so got up got back up to Tamaki Makoto like literally only a week ago and I have not been hungry once and like I like I, there's just been so many events, like Nando's comes into the office, my friend came up this weekend and he's a massive foodie and like, honestly, all we did was eat, and but to the point where it was no longer enjoyable. Yeah, to the point you know, where you're like, all I want for dinner is bread and butter. Or like, no, I piece don't want toast. anything. Yeah, like a piece of toast and mostly because when I'm hungover, which I often am, <laughs> don't come for me, people on the other end of the newsletter sometimes are like, Lucy, lay back. Anyway, um... Butter on toast is the hangover cure. It, it is. Bit but, of carbs, yeah. Oh, but honestly, like this week, I feel like I've just had a full tummy all week, which is amazing. It's amazing, but oh, I would like I mean, to get back to a place a where... It's a privilege to have a full tummy, Absolutely. Isn't it? But sometimes when the tummy's too full, it can be, a, you know, Oh, my God. Uncomfy. Like, I just want to get back to a point where I'm looking forward to cooking myself a meal. I know and, exactly and what you mean. Yeah, it's just over like, lockdown. No, I don't want to go out for dinner. Yeah. No, one, I can't afford it. Two... Two Absolutely not. I'm just full, so I'm yeah. not going to enjoy it. So, oh, I'm sorry that we've sort of burdened your ear holes <laughs> with like eat, drive, crash plus full tummy. But you know what? You just you're getting the real us, exactly. As opposed to the fake us that pretend that like everything's like pop culture and really exactly. highbrow. Pretends they can drive. <laughs> Pretends they can drive. to Tamaki Makoto without crashing the car. But no. Anyway. And, and no. what world can we do that? Anyway, let me get into our first naughty or nice. So our first story, the first story I have for you, Olivia, is Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra have had a baby via a surrogate. 
Now, there's actually not a lot that we know about this story. Um, they both just posted like a black and white photo saying, we're overjoyed to confirm that we have welcomed a baby via surrogate. We respectfully ask for privacy during this special time as we focus on our family. And... Swallow, Lucy. <laughs> and, like, right before this, or in some interviews before this, they had sort of said, like... You know, it, it's on the cards, but we don't have time for it. Like, we can't mm. find time for it. You know, they'd never mm-hmm. said they weren't going to have a baby, but it was sort of like no one expected it. And then, I mean, like, congratulations, first of all. Go off. Yeah, like, for congrats. Sure. Another little Joe Bro running around. Super cute. But really interestingly, like, I got a few um, messages or emails because I put this in the newsletter one day just as like a final thoughts link that was saying, like, can you please talk about the ethics of surrogate and being a surrogate mother? And when I tried to look this up in relation to Priyanka and Nick, like, I couldn't really find. I know that a lot of people were alluding to, like, celebrities choosing to have babies via surrogates rather than naturally. But I Mm -hmm. actually saw a lot of, like, really awful, awful, like, dialogue about how if you have babies via a surrogate, you are less connected to the baby or you've chosen to do so for selfish reasons. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not a mother, so there's a level of, like, removal from me even talking about this right now. But... But I do think, like, we don't know what's going on in these people's lives. Like, if you're referring to Kim Kardashian having some babies via surrogates, she also got really sick with preeclampsia when she was having giving birth, yeah. like, with North. Which can be super dangerous. Yeah, and we, I mean, we, one, we don't know what's going on, like, with like their fertility. Never, oh. And also, they don't owe it to us to explain every decision behind everything. They're literally just people, I mean, we say this often, with, with a following, but doesn't mean they owe us every insight and to their lives so I just I, especially their private private lives like yeah. how they want to conceive how a baby. they want to have a baby and so I mean I know that people will have had conversations about adopting via having a surrogate and things like that and again it's not really for me to comment on because I don't know anything about these two and, and their lives but I just I thought that was an interesting part of the conversation was that the first was well, some of the first things I saw were super negative and really I was like why are we oh, even doing I just this think some people are just not coming at it from an empathetic place at uh, all. Yeah. A lot of assumptions. A lot of assumptions. We don't know shit about yeah. their circumstance. Exactly. And and so I I put this in before um before even seeing any of the like dialogue around it. And like I thought it was a nice story because like, you know, good for them. Nice. So and and do you agree? Would you say this is a nice? I would say it's nice and I would say it's naughty. Of the, of the people of the, sort of the Twitter trolls. Yeah, the Twitter I feel like trolls. We, we actually, there's always, always at least one naughty or nice that's like nice of the thing, naughty of the all reaction of us to the thing. Yeah, exactly. My next naughty or nice um, Australian children's group, The Wiggles, top Triple J's hottest 100. Now, Liv, you know who The Wiggles are. I absolutely know who The Wiggles Choo-choo, are. Chugga, chugga, big red car, and uh, the hit. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Um, <laughs> the well-known hit. The yeah. well-known hit. Well, this was actually really cool, pretty wholesome. The Wiggles um, went on to Triple J and did a cover of Tame Impala's song Elephant, and they mixed it with fruit salad. Yeah, was this a while ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was like, yeah, I think it was in 2017. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then what's amazing about this, and um, first of all, it sounded really good, and we're going to put a clip in here. Well, it feels like an elephant shaking his big red trunk for the elevator. 
cool thing about this is like, first of all, it's the first time a cover has topped the hottest 100 on Triple J. Really? That first kind of shocks me because yep. I feel like Triple J is known for their covers. They do a lot of like versions. But yeah. I, get, I mean, like in the hottest 100, it's not just for their sort of covers. It's also like, I think like the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay got right. second. So it, totally. was, it was just the hottest songs right yeah. now. But this actually like trumped Tame Impala's like ranking Tame Impala with this song had only ever got to I think seventh so like their cover of Tame Impala's song like overtook the original and Honestly, I was just like go off yeah goes. if you were Tame Impala I think you'd just be like that is sensational like, because that made me want to go listen to Elephant because I was yeah. like because if the wiggles sound this good doing it yeah how good is the actual song yeah. so that's really nice Love that. That's so nice. That's so That's, nice. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. This next story, not so nice. Now, this mm. is the one, and forgive me if it's under-researched. Forgive me if I'm a bit slower to get it out because it's literally just sort of broken. But Taylor Swift has responded to Damon Albarn's comments about her songwriting. So Damon Albarn, I I didn't know him by name, but as soon as I read a little bit about him, I was like, okay, I know this guy. So he not only was sort of the front man for Blur, like an old school rock band, um, he was also sort of the creative dude behind Gorillaz or the Gorillaz, who are like this kind of real, you guys know the Gorillaz, but a lot of people don't know how. It's one dude that's created like all these characters. Like if you've heard me talk about the Bored Ape Yacht Club on the shit show, then I feel like Gorillaz walked so that the Bored Apes could run. If that meant nothing to you, just disregard. Anyway, he said some things about Taylor Swift. So he had um, an interview with Michael Wood, who is a, the pop music critic from the LA Times, and they were talking about um, Damon and how his latest show is all on the piano. And it sort of started off, like this part of the interview, started off saying with Damon saying that it's quite hard to do a whole show only on the piano. And the interviewer goes, is it hard because it's so exposed? And Damon goes... You can't hide behind anything. You learn whether the songs are any good or whether they were popular at the time because of the sound and the attitude. It's a day of reckoning and one, to be honest, that not much modern music could withstand. So he's saying, like, not many modern musicians could, I guess, take either their old songs yeah, and play strip them it back down and it be fully just as yeah. good. And then the interviewer was like, you think a lot of modern musicians are relying on sound and attitude? And then he goes, name me someone who's not. And then the interviewer again was like, she may not be to your taste, but Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. And he just goes, she doesn't write her own songs. And then the interviewer says, of course she does. Co-writes some of them. And Damon says, that doesn't count. I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. Doesn't mean the outcome can't be really great. And some of the greatest singers, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald never wrote a song in her life. When I sing, I have to close my eyes and just be in there. I suppose I'm a traditionalist in that sense. A really interesting songwriter is Billie Eilish and her brother. I'm sorry, is that not co-writing? Like, a really interesting songwriter is Billie Eilish and and her her brother. brother. I'm more attracted to that than to Taylor Swift. It's just darker, less endlessly upbeat, way more minor and odd. I think she's exceptional. So he's kind of like gone around in circles, name me one person in yeah. modern music who is writing their own songs and then goes to give an example himself. I know. And of, of like, 
a very obvious like, co-writing like, duo. Literally, like, everyone knows that Billy writes. Like, that's not something that you're like, oh, and by the way, like, so-and-so has... I know. And it's also like, you can not like Taylor Swift's music and you can critique Taylor Swift's music. You don't have to strip her of, of writing her own songs. No. You don't need to go that far. I mean, publicity, I'm sure, is going to be great on this article. This <laughs> is when it's just like, it makes me so confused how confidently people will speak on the record about things that they don't actually know that much about because if he knew that much about Taylor Swift had watched any videos you can see there's so much footage of her writing her own songs right I know like so he just obviously has just assumed a hell of a lot about her and we actually we spoke about we did a two-part series on Taylor Swift you've probably heard it but she wrote speak now all on her own for this very reason with no mm-hmm. co-writers mm-hmm. just because she was like she need people. to show people I can do it yeah because as a woman in the industry sometimes you do have to take a few extra extra steps to show people you can do it she actually responded to this saying, Damon Albarn, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try and discredit my writing. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then after that, P.S., I wrote this tweet all by myself, in case you were wondering. Like, Mm -hmm. always having to, like, add... Always. And a little bit more to be like, this is to me. To be believed. I can think my own things and do my, and to be believed. You're right. Yeah. So I just think this story is fascinating because he is obviously, like, he's obviously been in the industry for so long. He will know things. He's allowed to have his opinions. But it's just like, I just, I'm just like, you can have your opinions on the music without saying, Taylor Swift's not a songwriter. Yeah. And, like, that is what confuses me even more to the point, mm-hmm. like, he would be someone, he's obviously been, like, hugely successful. He's been very creative. Mm. Like, you'd think people like that would have more grace in, well, like, understanding... And supporting other creators. Yeah. And is there something to be said about, like, pitting one woman against another and his, like... Like, Taylor Swift I don't like, but Billie Eilish, yeah. Billie really Eilish like, I do, because he's obviously seeing them in the same vein and then just saying Billie's a bit darker and a bit yeah. whatever. But it's like, that's... You can yeah. not discredit each other. Yeah, it's yeah, just I know. So that that is that's a naughty, 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 naughty. story. Yeah, no, no, no. Taylor Swift must be that. sick of just like having to having to reiterate having over to re- and yeah. over. I mean, she wrote the song "The Man" basically about all of this. And I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is kind of probably not true. But me and Liv were talking before about how we think a lot about PR and how it's all just there's so much money in it, and it's like all about manipulation and we don't know if maybe this is calculated like maybe Taylor Swift like I'm not saying that this she's told him to go and say that but maybe there's a release coming for Taylor Swift and like she usually wouldn't comment back to yeah. something like this but her team's like well now's a good time to comment back because this is coming and you know exactly. we don't know I'm not saying in no, any or like, way shape or form you know. good to read good to read um around these things and get a bit more context but still like Go off, Taylor. Like, yep, you roll. Like, fucking, oh, just, ah. I, I couldn't believe it when this came across my timeline. Oh. I was just like, luckily we have a podcast where we can dissect it. I know, it's quite fun. We can air these things out. I know. My last naughty or nice. And I'm bringing this in because just a little teaser for you all. Me and Liv are going to do something, whether it's two parts, one part, three parts, on um, Yay, formerly known as Kanye West's upcoming documentary, Genius, J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S. Um, and so this story was, is kind of a bit of good 
background for us. So Yay just posted on Instagram um, a promotion for the documentary series, which is going to drop in Feb. And this is what he said in the Instagram caption. I'm going to say this very kindly for the last time. I must get final edit and approval on this doc before it releases. Open the edit room immediately so I can be in charge of my own image. Thank you in advance. And then that like passive aggressive smiley face. (laughs) And like I was so – I wrote about this in the newsletter and I was so like – I was in a few minds about it because Mm -hmm. I was like I get, yay, that you want to protect what could be your legacy and it's your life and you've got footage like from the start of your career and you want to see how it's portrayed – I'm also like a balanced documentary wouldn't really come from Yay having creative control over the final edit. That was exactly my thought. I mean, yeah, like you don't want to, you'd hope that they would keep, you know, his opinion in mind, especially yeah. creatively because he's so precious about how things are yeah. portrayed. He's so, well, and he's very obsessive about controlling his own narrative, which like, again, which hasn't bode well for him. Well, I have to say. Well, yeah, it's just inherently very narcissistic, but we also know that he struggles with mental disorders and he's just, he is who he is for a number of reasons. And we do like sort of listen to him with a bit of grace. However, his um, documentary is actually directed by some of his really early collaborators, Clarence Cootie Simmons. And I might be saying this wrong, but Chike Ozar, and um, Simmons was recently was asked about Ye's lack of creative control on the project, and he apparently he told Ye like, "Dude, you have to trust me." And, yeah, right. And then he said, and Andy did a hundred percent. Ye trusted uh-huh. him, and then um, he also added, "Mind you, when his team, Ye, and the business people have gotten involved, of course they're going to want to have their say." So it's like he does have these really trusted collaborators that are directing this because like you can't direct your own documentary and expect. No, to take it like fully seriously because that's just unless like, is it's this like all propaganda. Exactly, unless it's like yay presented by yay, like yeah. very explicitly. Yeah. Like you can't have yeah, yeah, yeah. So a silent hand in it. I think this is good background because we're gonna do. Obviously, there's so much to Yay's life. There's so many controversies, and there's also so much he's added to art and music, and you know, sampling. We've had a big chat about sampling versus interpolating, and I probably wouldn't be able to make sense of that without like Yay. So we will do a series or something when this documentary releases because he's so interesting. Oh, he's so interesting, and I think he talks. You know, he he says a lot about what's going on at the time yeah, and also the evolution of celebrity and yeah. what it does, which actually feeds in quite well yeah. to the topic that, that we're going to get into today. Yes. First of all, was that naughty or nice? I don't actually know if it had a naughty or nice. Probably a bit naughty yeah. of him to sort of demand control and do the passive-aggressive thank you in advance. And so publicly, way. so he gets his fans, yes. like, backing him. And yeah. Yeah. But, like, nice that he's got a docker coming out because I'm kind of keen to watch it. So am I. I'm very intrigued. Very excited. Now, before we dive into the wonderful, weird, and actually really terrifying world of Jamie Lynn and Britney Spears, I think we better hear from our sponsors. Just before we get into the ad for Neon, because Euphoria is on Neon and it comes out every week, like as soon as you need it. It comes out tonight comes for out. us. I'm so excited. Anyway, not when you're listening, but when we're talking. <laughs> when we're talking. Sorry, guys. We've Sorry, that's that. more of a personal thing, not for you. <laughs> um, just a content warning. The first episode specifically was quite gruesome. I mean, it pretty much mentions yeah. any theme like Under drug the sun, related themes and violence. like violence, sex. Like it's we do need to give a wee yeah. content warning, especially before we recommend it to you all. But you know, for now, let's get into our ad from our wonderful sponsors. 
Right, so we wouldn't be able to do this ad read, like I just mentioned before, um, without talking about the fact that Euphoria is back on our screens. Oh, we have been waiting a long time for this. I think like two years. I, I think they kept pushing it because of COVID. Like, oh, thank God it's back. I know. You, I mean, you saw, you actually got on this bandwagon before me, but me and Liv have both got like sparkly eye makeup, you know, for, the, for recreating those Euphoria looks. And Liv, have you seen all the memes about like their school uniforms or what they wear to school, like versus what we fucking wore to school? Oh my God, yes. I know. Luce, I do believe that we also have a little note from Ruby, our third member, who's sort of the admin behind this podcast, um, about what she's been loving on Neon. Yeah, so Ruby has been obsessed with a show called The Great on Neon. She says that it's funny, it's horny, and she told me that me and Liv have to watch it, which means, by proxy, you all have to go and watch it too. Absolutely. So you can actually catch Euphoria Weekly or The Great or watch whatever else your heart desires on Neon with a 14-day trial. Yes, it's our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service and it's the reason that Culture Vulture exists. We love you, Neon. Shot Neon. I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you.